Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Lucas and Vincent were not in the mainstream of gay life. I was saving body parts such as uh, skulls. Doesn't it bother you that he's a fag? You have done me a great service. Now I must service you. And the drugs were, were always a, a cry for attention, for somebody to pay attention to me before I, you know, kill somebody. <laughs> You can imagine what it smells like if you go into a closed room. Something is trying to get inside my body. Yeah, she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me. Buckle up, sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You're about to true crime, horror, and everything man-on-man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, staring at the beautiful face of my filthy little slave, Sam Hamilton, and our special guest for the second time, we have Josh, a.k.a. Bathsheba. Welcome. Thank you for having me back exactly a year ago from the last episode. exactly a year? Yes, it's exactly oh. a year ago today. That's freaky. Yeah. And I think there's similarities between Michael Arlig, who we looked at a year ago today, and our, our, the person that we're looking at today. Well, I was worried you were going to say similarities between the subject and myself, so okay. I'm glad that you went that way. So today we're looking at, I was going to say looking at a serial killer, but it's a bit of a controversial thing about what we call him. Would you call him like a yes. spree killer? Spree killer or serial killer. Let's call him a spree killer. Okay. We're looking at Andrew Cunanan, uh, who is an American spree killer known to have murdered five people during a three-month period in 1997. He is best known for his depiction in Ryan Murphy's The Assassination of Gianni Versace, which I haven't seen because I fucking hate Ryan Murphy. Fair enough. <laughs> it was good casting. Darren Chris like, looked a lot like him, but just hotter. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Is Darren Chris the, like, second-rate James Franco? Um, I wouldn't say that, but he's one of Ryan Murphy's favourites. He seems to get cast in a lot of his Yeah, he was in Glee, another Ryan Murphy thing. There's, like, a category of actors which are, like, straight men who just just play gay men. Gay baiting, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought that Darren Chris was gay until recently, so Uh there you have it. My big beef with the casting was Donatella Versace, who was played by Penelope Cruz. I thought that Lady Gaga was a better choice, but, yeah, so... Maybe that's just my well. That's a separate topic. I mean, she could have been the first choice. Maybe she just wasn't available because she was busy having having a career. You know, right? Maybe you know. We'll say very that. diplomatic of you. That's uh, good. That's my I, role here. I have no notes on Versace, so I'm I'm hoping you're like across all this gay shit. That of I course, <laughs> yes, you're looking in the right direction for that. Do you like Versace's clothes? Uh, I I don't. No. Do you, do, you, do you have your phone? I have a do Versace I... jock strap. I'll model it for you one day. Oh, are you wearing it now? I should, I should have worn it today. I should, yes. have, I should have sat you here just in my jock strap. Yeah. Everyone would have been very comfortable or uncomfortable. I don't know. So, Hopefully so option A. Most infamously, Cunanan's most most famous victim was uh, Gianni Versace. And we'll have to kind of go into the lack of clear motive when it comes to actually mm. why Versace was killed in the end. Before we get into any of that, 
Um, Andrew Cunanan was born on the 31st of August 1969 in National City, California to a Filipino-American father and an Italian-American mother. Uh, Cunanan's father, um, who went by the name Modesto, but he changed his name multiple times for, as we'll see why, uh, was initially in the, in the Navy and wasn't around when Cunanan was first born. Moved on to stockbroking, um, although later he would end up on the run for embezzlement. So I'm assuming a bit of sociopathy may, may have ran in the family. His family were middle class. However, Cunanan spent much of his schooling life in a very affluent independent school, um, which he had deep insecurities about. We'll, we'll see this going forward, very much like Michael Arlig, very much like uh, someone we haven't covered yet, Luca Magnotta. Oh! I think there's similar personalities going on there in terms of wanting this glamorous, rich life and then not actually falling within your means. Well, I hope that was a segue for my third invitation back for Luca Magnotta because I would oh, definitely yeah. like to be on that one. The Narcissistic Killers special. <laughs> Again, stop looking directly at me when you're saying that. Thank you. So, so... Cunanan had this this insecurity about his his place in in life. It's it's a theme which I think eventually led to his offending. He was known within um, his high school as being very bright. He was fairly popular, I think. Is that what you guys picked up? I don't know if he was fairly popular, but he was certainly very extroverted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and very bright. Um, well, he had an IQ of 147, so that's marginally, you know, dumber than you. It's so a lot higher than mine, though, so... Right. <laughs> I don't even know when people say IQ of 147, I was like, is that... What's the average? I feel like I don't want to do it in case I score lower. I want to do it well, if I get a good, like, score, because I'm going to hold that over everyone. Um, so we noted that Cunanan was openly gay throughout high school. Um, he met his lifelong best friend, Liz Coates, whilst in high school, and I think she's very big in the miniseries, the Ryan Murphy miniseries. Again, haven't watched it. I hate him. I'm looking at Josh. Have you watched it? <laughs> yeah, I've watched it, yeah. yeah. And I um, tried to forget about it while researching okay, this yeah. because it's inaccurate in a lot of parts as well. But I think it's the touchstone most people would know about this case from. So it's definitely worth watching for entertainment purposes. And we were discussing a film earlier that's told in reverse, and this is also displayed in reverse. Irreversible, which yes. they would have listened to by now. Yes, that right, was never right. the episode, okay. yeah, the just episode before that. this one. Yeah. Okay, yes. Well, keen listeners will refer to that and refer to this. Yeah. So there you go. You've structured it very well this season. He was openly gay throughout high school, and his friends had a very of-the-time view of that. Um, in his high school yearbook, he, he was voted uh, least likely to be forgotten, and then one of the people wrote in um, his yearbook, I hope you don't get AIDS. That was meant to be like uh, that was meant to be like a positive, yeah. like fun. Oh, movie. not a slur. Like, ah, if you don't get AIDS, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it was in late high school that Cunanan began to engage with, if not formalized sex work, then this mm -hmm. sugar daddy type arrangement. There were arrangements, and he sought them. That's... Yeah. Um, I don't know, he wasn't getting direct payments, I don't think, from them at this stage. I think it was more 
gifts and stuff. Yes, yeah. They were giving him like extra favors and gifts. But he'd learned fairly early on that he could kind of use his sexuality in such a way that he would get certain favors. And again, such insecurity about his standing in life. He could suddenly be around people that were rich. Yeah. And he could gain this status. Well, that definitely came from his father, right? His father was very status conscious and instilled that into his children, especially the youngest, who was Andrew. Yeah. So, yeah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, wasn't Andrew also sort of like the the favourite? Like, he was the only one who went to private school and he started doing this, like, seeking arrangement type thing when the dad ran away. So I think mm-hmm. I think the sugar daddy stuff started when he was nineteen. That's the same age that the dad left. Yeah, yeah the dad went to fled to the Philippines yes. because he embezzled some old ladies. Yeah, so, so from one some... daddy to another, you gotta you, yes. gotta you gotta work it. Well, that's my strategy anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I hope it's working. It's a very nice apartment. So... Thank you. There are some daddies that are hot and just like thirty eight and don't we... want to have a relationship. Can we talk about it this day? Thirty eight's old. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not old. You can okay. get a younger yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. None um, of us are far from there. It's it's worth noting as well that as well as being fairly status obsessed, um, Cunanan also got a reputation for being a a frequent liar. Mm-hmm. He, he would make extravagant claims about his family's wealth. He would make extravagant claims about people that he met. Also denied being Asian a lot of the time as well. So yes. he adopted the uh, fake surname of De Silva, but he would say that he was Filipino when it was convenient, a.k.a. Mm. he said he knew Imelda Marcos, which okay. is obviously not the truth. Anything well, to get that like high-status position was yes. very much a mindset from, from fairly early on. When he graduated, he enrolled in the University of California. He majored in uh, American history um, but he, he dropped out um, in 1989, so, so soon, a year after enrolling. He was heavily involved in the kind of gay li- nightlife at the time. And when his father fled, his mother finally found out that he was gay. Mm. And she was very religious, and that caused some tension. Um, so he dropped, dropped out of university and uh, went to live in the Castro district of San Francisco, uh, with his friend Liz and her boyfriend. And on his um, relationship with his mother, he actually dislocated her arm oh, that's in right, a yes. confrontation when she did find out that he was gay. They had a big showdown and he um, pushed her against the wall and dislocated her arm and he was subsequently diagnosed with anti uh, antisocial personality disorder. Yeah. So that fits. Which antisocial personality disorder is the kind of modern equivalent of what we used to diagnose as psychopathy, antisocial personality disorder is a key risk factor across all different facets of offending. Uh, so if he's diagnosed that early on with that, that's, that's a good risk factor that he might go on to do something much worse. Another cute little tidbit about Andrew Cunanan is what he wore to his graduation, uh, which was a red jumpsuit, a ski jumpsuit, which I imagine looked a bit like Patsy from Ab Fab when she went skiing. I think that would be quite quite a statement to wear to your uh, graduation, particularly in the 80s when maybe being gay was not as accepted as it is now in our post-glee RuPaul's Drag Race world. But I think this is a good example of, you know, you need, when you meet those people that are very extroverted, but they're also very insecure. Yes. That's the impression that I get from him is that he's making a really dramatic statement but it's not coming from a very confident place. Well, or a place of reality either. Yeah. So. No. 
it's it's all eyes on you. The validation is giving you your confidence back. Right. I think. So obviously you've met some people from South Yarra. Yeah. Well, yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this this uh, is a common gay trope. Yeah. It's what I like to call the fake tan gay. Another story about Andrew Kanan that I found quite interesting was his laugh was quite strange. It was described by a friend as a... Um, someone poking him in the rear end it was like ha 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 ha. Okay. Which again is say I think mm. such an affectation that totally is that feeds what you into sound it. like when someone pokes you in the rear end. Uh, well, I might have a different sound. But that might... <laughs> it depends how, <laughs> de- depends how deep the poke is, I guess. Yeah, I and it depends on how highbrow this conversation goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it can go anywhere. Um, yeah, that's why I, I get that he was he was kind of a nerdy, insecure guy. Yeah. He's also very into like. Um, at least from the impressions that I got is that he was kind of one of those guys that was pretending to be aristocratic almost like yeah. pretending to be high high fashion high wealth at all times mm-hmm. pretending to be um, Versace right yeah yeah. since leaving college Hunanan earned his money through various forms of sex work he was apparently involved in a lot of BDSM related kind of pornography and also it seemed to be part of his sugar daddy type relationships that he had he would often dominate them that was his kind of um bdsm kind of sex work world also at this stage he began using drugs and some reports also say he was involved in kind of low level drug dealing possibly to to support his habit he was very into methamphetamine um, which, if you look at the statistics on methamphetamine, he was like before the you know the trend. Really, mm. he was it was the initial stages on the BDSM as well. Apparently, he was making his own violent pornography at yes. this time as well, which I didn't find a lot about. But I think that would be quite an interesting. They described it as violent pornography. I th- I think it was like standard, do you know, like choking. Do you think? Yeah, like standard beta BDSM. Style, okay, at least from what I understood, what he was into. He used several aliases at this time. He continued his Andrew De Silva uh, moniker. Um, he sometimes also went by Lieutenant Commander Andy Cummings. <laughs> um, and also Drew Cunningham was also a, an alias that he used. Was that like stage, were those stage names for his performing career? That was his sugar daddy okay. thing. But he right. also told random hookups in clubs as well. He used to go under different personalities. I guess after a few drinks, mm. I do love like pretending to be someone else. I tell taxi drivers strange stories. Although there are different reports on this, uh, there is at least one narrative which says Cunanan met Gianni Versace in 1990. Versace was in San Francisco to do an opera production, and near a club, Cunanan claims that Versace walked over him and said if he had ever met him at Lago di Como, which is was Versace's what, like holiday house. Yeah, in Lake Como. Yeah, and yeah. I like his reply was so like, well, his reply in the story, which is like, well, if you're over Gianni Versace, then I'm Coco Chanel. Yes. <laughs> and like, there was no, there was no basis for this, right? Like, no, it, it was completely like. It, Versace was obviously either mistaken, even if this is even true. Yeah, well, Donatella denied that this ever happened. Like, she wasn't there, but whatever. Like, she says that it was totally a rumour and that they never met. Is that possibly because this Lago di Como was, like, like where he took all the rent boys? Is that, like, is that the uh, Versace? Yeah, like, mm. I, I got the impression this, like, place that he took them all was this... 
you know, underground well, sex palace. Well, I definitely just got the impression that the family don't want to discuss what happened and so they've just sort of tried to shut it down. Yeah. Like, not that they don't actually believe that they met. I think, yeah, maybe I, I'm more aligned to that. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if Versace had some rent boys as well. The idea that they've met each other, I don't think is out, the, out of the realm of possibility, is it? No, I think as gays have all had some sort of minor celebrity encounter like yeah. we don't want to start dropping names like the time i met meryl streep what? But, <laughs> but you know how it is so versace was quite a local celebrity in miami beach uh he would stop and sign uh autographs and take photos with whoever would ask so i think he was known as quite quite gracious and quite personable and miami beach around this time in the 90s i imagine quite like the bird cage Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why later in the story... What's we'll, his name? Um, the guy who did voices like Mo and The Simpsons and stuff that like... Oh, Hank Azaria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did a great him. performance. He did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I imagine that's how it was and why Kunanen was attracted to go there eventually. But we'll get back into that when we talk about the crime. I think he, he, he represents everything Kunanen probably would want out of his life. Like, yeah. You know, all the the aesthetics of high society as yeah. well as the wealth it's, it's everything that he wants well, yeah and very like visible wealth as well so yeah. it yeah. seems to be very into yeah, showy yeah, opulence showy. yeah exactly yeah. opulence is the <laughs> Cunanan as well as regularly being a bit of a sugar daddy for every rich guy in San Francisco also had a couple of relationships the most significant the one he called the love of his life began in 1995 when he met Minneapolis-based architect David Madsen. After meeting in San Francisco, they um, continued a long-distance relationship, which, by all accounts, I think was slightly one-sided. So David Madsen, yeah, he cut uh, Kunanen off because he described him as quite shady. And, yeah, I, I can imagine Andrew Kunanen would give off some vibes, particularly at this point. Particularly around drugs. So yeah. both... David Madsen and a mutual friend of theirs, Jeff Trail, both had major issues with the fact that Cunanan was both a drug user and mm. also dealing drugs at the time. They both seem quite straight-laced as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, All American boys. I don't think they were really into that. Yeah, Cunanan's yeah, type was that kind of preppy boy. Yeah. Um, which you get impressions from this that these are like private school preppy boys who, you know, drugs are a bit like, ooh, that's scandalous. Yeah, particularly because Jeff was in the, the Navy as well. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's at this point after the relationship with David Madsen ends that we get the beginning of the deterioration of... Cunanan. In 1996, uh, Norman Blatchford, uh, who was Cunanan's kind of long-term sugar daddy, broke off the relationship with him, I think partially based on the drug dealing. Well, it's it sounds like he was overspending as a sugar baby too, like he maxed out the credit card. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, mm. don't, you don't do that. you got to have your boundary. Otherwise, you lose. Otherwise, daddy finds a new host. He's an expert on this. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done this before. <laughs> uh, so his financial supply was cut. He ramped up selling drugs in order to deal with that. But it sounds like his mental health just deteriorated considerably. Uh, he began abusing painkillers and drinking excessively. And in April of 1997, he kind of out of the blue decided to move to M Minneapolis 
and reportedly told everyone that he was going to take care of some business matters. Many of the reports seem to indicate that he was kind of desperately wanting to rekindle the relationship with David Madsen. Yes. And that was the real motivation for him going from San Francisco to Minneapolis. Yes, well, he seemed to have quite a fixation and they still maintained a like friendship, I guess. Yeah, like a so. long-distance friendship. Um, and I think they would kind of travel back and forth occasionally, but it would, they definitely weren't in a relationship at this stage, I don't think. No, I imagine that Andrew Cunanan was a little bit of an interloper uh, in his life, particularly when he got quite jealous between the new friendship between Jeff Trail and uh, David Madsen as well. Yeah. So that's definitely an impetus for some things that are going to follow as well. When Andrew Cunanan was getting very salty about the friendship, so he sent a postcard to Jeff's dad, which was a love letter, but he accidentally sent, uh, oh. in essence, outing him to his, his family. So Cunanan went to Minneapolis. Um, he went out for dinner with David Madsen. Um, there was some weird arrangement where he, he was house-sitting Jeff Trail's apartment. For a couple of days but and this is where we're getting into the murder portion of the podcast whilst in madsen's apartment cunanan invited jeff trail around yes because he stole uh jeff trail's gun oh okay so he went over to his apartment they had a showdown about something and he stole his gun so jeff trail went back to uh david madsen's apartment to retrieve said gun and all we know is what the uh, witnesses heard. Um, so they heard that there was some sort of argument that, that occurred in Madsen's apartment. And two days later, police found Jeff Trail's body rolled up in a carpet in Madsen's apartment, having been bludgeoned to death with over two dozen savage blows from a hammer to the face and head. And there was an initial confusion because there was this body with its face caved in essentially in the apartment and everyone initially assumed that was Madsen's body. They ended up identifying Jeff Trail because he had a unique tattoo. Was it of a Smurf or something? Mm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I found it very interesting, they said his watch stopped at that particular time of like 9.30, which I don't... Do you know why that's... Has, has a watch stopped? It'll like be that? a defensive win. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it'll be... He'll, he's swinging at him with a hammer and he's put his hand up and that's why. Ah, I thought, you know, I didn't know yeah, if there was some yeah, sort of like special feature of the Swiss <laughs> <laughs> When your pole stops, so the watch. It's, yeah, it's still like some supernatural event <laughs> where like... When the soul leaves your body. Well, that's what I thought it was. I was way more excited by that sort of eeriness. No, I'm assuming it was a defensive word. Okay. That's why the watch got well, broken. Well, that's, how they, that's how they deduced like, the time of death. So, yes. yeah, it must have been some sort of injury or smashy-smashy yeah. of the watch. All right, well, that makes way more sense, yeah. What David Madsen was doing at this time is unknown. Um, all we know is that uh, David Madsen and Q- Q- Nanan, 
um, went to a nearby lake and uh, Madsen's body was found shot in that lake a couple days later. And there were some controversial reports either way. We don't know whether or not David Madsen... There was initial suspicions that he was somehow involved in the death of Jeff Trail, but then the alternative scenario, and I guess because he's dead, I want to say the more sympathetic scenario that we can mm. prefer is that Cunanan had Jeff Trail's gun, held him at gunpoint, forced him into the car, drove him to the lake, and then shot him. They were seen dining together though, like the day the day before. Before, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's, so it casts a little bit of suspicion, but yeah. yeah. I think you can still be under duress it's and be Having kind a sandwich. Of, yeah, but you know, yeah. like when you see um, videos of people being held hostage, there's a bit of whatever in this scenario I'm doing is going to get me to yeah. survive. I think people just go into that mode as well, mm. so they'll just do whatever they can. And there's also just a huge question here about motive. So some scenarios are that uh, Cunanan just didn't like being a like they got into an argument, he lost control, and he killed him. Others think that maybe Madsen and Jeff Trail had a relationship, and Cunanan was jealous about that. Although there's actually no evidence for that. That's just one mm. likely scenario. Well, if um, Cunanan stole the gun, there's yeah. some sort of. It's you know, the starting point yeah. of an argument. The argument leads to him grabbing a hammer and then killing We've him. We've all been there. Yeah. But he had some violent tendencies before. Remember, old mummy, he dislocated yeah. her arm. Yeah. And yeah. so he had a, this tendency to kind of ex, ex, have explosive rage. And I'm assuming Madsen was shot dead to try and cover up. Well, the yes. Murder. It does seem like. Because they, they were killed in different ways as well. That one is more of a, like a disposal type killing, and one was like a killing motivated by rage, maybe. Mm, yeah. I mean, I'm no. Have you ever had an explosive bit of rage and done anything like that? I yeah, maybe not yeah, on that level, but yeah, once. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. Don't get I, angry. I got away with it though, so okay. we, we don't talk about it. I once threw a glass at someone at the peel. <gasps> oh. <laughs> this was many years ago. It was New Year's Eve. I was very drunk. I had a whole bottle of vodka. <laughs> Before I left. We don't have to confess, confess <laughs> yes, our various I, This was my time to talk about it. Would okay. You like to, would you like to apologize to the person by name? No. On air? No. <laughs> I don't know. No. Josh still holds a grudge. Yeah. The grudge Shiva. If you're listening. <laughs> After this incident, uh, Cunanan was then on the run. And this is where we get these really odd tangential killings. Um, the weirdest one is this one. Um, somehow Cunanan ended up in Chicago. He ended up uh, inside the home of a 72-year-old real estate mogul named Lee Miglin. Mm -hmm. We don't know how Cunanan knew this guy, whether he knew this guy. I mean, the obvious speculation being a 72-year-old rich man, mm. is that this is a former sugar daddy? All signs point to that, yes. They do. Um, he looked like a very nice man. He did. Sugar daddies are people too. Yes. Well, he looked very so friendly. Nice. It should be noted that, that Miglin's family claimed that there was no connection. Of course they would. Yeah. And look, yeah. that's the obvious example of that. Yeah. What we do know, though, is that Miglin was killed in a very horrific way, and depending on the scenario, it's unclear how much of this was consensual. His head was wrapped in duct tape, um, and there was only breathing space for the nose, 
and he was stabbed repeatedly with pruning shears before his his throat was cut open with a gardening saw. Mm. So, very horrific. The most likely scenario that I've heard is Miglin is a former sugar daddy and Cunanan specialised in BDSM. He went to this client. He did the taping up bondage situation and then ended up killing him. There's a lot of passion in this in this setting it's as well. Very violent. Yeah. It definitely doesn't seem like the way you would just kill a stranger. No. No. There's definitely there's something attached. Yeah. And not how not, I would do it. It's yeah. not love. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um and again, we know nothing about the relationship between the two of them or the history of that. And it was odd that, that he traveled to Chicago as well. I mean, of all that he, no. he definitely went to this place on purpose. Yeah. And then did this killing and so you kind of assume there's some sort of background i have not been able to find any information giving more context i mean we don't want to talk about the series too much but they definitely oh, go well, how into do they this handle it? well there's a whole episode based on this yeah. um particular murder and they definitely detail that he was a client and mm. this is where this all happened but it's a link back to kunanan's obsession with bdsm as well but i don't think he's authentically into that i think it's more about the he, the affectation of the whole thing i think it was a means to money and status and yeah that was his motivation i don't yeah. think he this was not you know unlike a dharma unlike a various other killers that we've looked at this was these were not sexually motivated murders no i don't think after <laughs> killing miglin uh Cunanan, Headed eastward in uh, Miglin's Nexus, oh, sorry, Miglin's Lexus that he stole, and this is where we get his most brutal and opportunistic kill. Cunanan, um, once he he got to a residence in um, Penceville, New Jersey, killed a forty-five-year-old cemetery caretaker, shooting him in the head, seemingly just to steal this guy's pickup truck on the 9th of May. And that's all we have of that. You know, mm. that was not a targeted killing. That was, he realized he was on the run at this point and just decided to kill someone in order to get a truck. Which, again, um, when we talk about spree killers, this is, this is, the, this is the controversy about whether or not we call Cunanan a spree killer or a serial killer. A spree killer, you usually think of this explosive rage that was done, you know, impulsive shooting a whole bunch of people. A serial killer is very planned and calculated. And I think killing someone in order to get their pickup truck, yeah. That's not that that's it's a desperate moment. It's not mm. a it's not a carefully crafted murder. Oh, see I was going to say the opposite. Ah. Oh. I was going to say, well, I was going to say that like you're you're using that person to have a means to an end. It's not like I don't know. It's calculated. I guess it is. I'm. I guess I'm picturing his state of mind as being quite manic. It's hard when everyone involved is dead, so we can't even. We can't. I know. Should yeah. we get a Ouija board out? Yeah, we should. We should have brought mine. <laughs> yeah. Next time, Halloween special this year. How about that? Yeah. We'll contact him from me on the grave. We'll get Michael Alec. We'll get Andrew Kananen. <laughs> we'll bring them all. Oh, yeah. Kiki, Every, yeah. Everyone that we talk about with Josh ends up dying. So. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah. Well, lucky this one's already <laughs> well, this dead. One's already yeah. Dead. yeah. I mean, he was Spoilers. Dead. <laughs> yeah. Look at Manada. We'll say like maybe between now and then he might. Yeah. Bite the dust, so we'll see. I'd say semi-likely. After killing Reese and stealing his pickup truck, um, Cunanan actually went to the top of the FBI's 10 most wanted list. And so there was a major manhunt. There was apparently a wide 
widespread concern in gay communities, particularly in San Francisco, because everyone knew him and were worried that he was going to come back and attack them. In the meantime, Cunanan made his way southward. He stopped briefly in New York City, kept going down, stole a license plate in South Carolina, and ended up in Miami Beach. He actually spent two months in Miami Beach, seemingly out in the open. Well, he did have disguises. He was wearing oh, different... I wasn't aware of this. He was wearing go. different wigs. Oh, okay. Because all I heard is that he was like frequently going to, to gay clubs in Miami Beach. And I was like, that's incredibly brazen. Yeah. Um, but he was wearing wigs. Yeah, he had different hats. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how. It worked. It yeah. worked. Look, it was the 90s. It was before, before facial recognition. That's true. Right. Yeah. I don't know what kind of wigs they were. They could have been. I'm getting strong like Party City vibes. Oh, like, okay. Well, you think they were a bit more gourmet? And that's not well, I imagine he would go out for you know a human hair lace front. So I didn't yes. think it would be Party City vibes just based on his. That's true. That's yeah, true. He wasn't his persona. A, he yeah. wasn't a cheap. Well, apparently he actually used to always pick up the bill too. So you know he was he liked to spend like he had money. Yeah, yeah, Opulence persona definitely motivated him. Yeah. Um, and it was whilst in Miami Beach that he learned that uh, Gianni Versace lived nearby. So he also stayed uh, in Miami Beach at a rundown little hotel, which was only $29 a night. Mm. And that's where he was uh, staying. Uh, that's where he housed his wigs, I'm assuming. So, yeah. I love that you're so concerned about these wigs. <laughs> you can not... imagine why I would be focused on <laughs> well, some wigs. But the... Maybe he had to stay at this cheap hotel so that he could fund his non-party city wigs. Yes. So, you know, one or yeah, the other. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I can't get a good read of what his financial situation is now because I'm assuming he stole from his last two victims. I also... stole their wallets. Yeah, I don't get the sense that he's great with money anyway. No. So. No. Yeah. And he was going out most nights as well. Yeah. He was still... But he was resourceful. He probably just knew how to get people to... He was probably doing some hustling, probably... Yeah. Getting people to buy him drinks, you know. Yeah. That's how I do it, so yeah. Yeah, when it works for you. Yeah. Josh is always going to drink in his hands. Well, there there are reports that he did pawn some items to obtain some cash using his real name. There was another one where he was a bit sloppy and also used his real identity when doing some sort of activity. So he obviously wasn't too scared of being caught or just was... I don't know, up his own ass Ordering takeout pizza. Oh. oh yeah. that, was a, that was a relevant... Yes, I did have that down. When someone's hungry, logic slips. Yeah. It, it happens. Was, he was using his real name. And I, I think all of this points to chronic failings in the police investigation throughout this sort of stuff. So yeah. it took them until the killing of the cemetery worker for them to trace it all together that this was a spree killing going on. And they had, like, months to do this as well. Yeah, well, yeah, and then, then he spent two months in an area... I don't... How good are these wigs likely to be? Like, <laughs> uh, Unclockable, really. Uh, yeah, like, I, 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 it, it is bizarre that it never came up. But again, I, I think what Sam was saying earlier, they probably had less centralised intelligence gathering compared to what they have now, so... If he'd used these names in various places, it wouldn't necessarily come across. Although he was on the news a lot as a kind of FBI most wanted. I mean, the real downfall is using his real name for some pizza. Yeah, I don't know if the only consequence is just spam emails from Domino's. Yeah. That's really bad. I like to use a well, fake name for pizza because I'm always ashamed. Oh, what's your <laughs> fake name? Annabelle Pepperoni? <laughs> 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 and Choby. 
<laughs> anchovy. I love that is a good performance. <laughs> There's your drag name, that, Jared. Someone has taken that. No, so, I, I think it's so embarrassing. Yeah. That who would want that? Well, clearly Jared. Yeah. At around eight thirty a.m., uh, Gianni Versace went through his morning routine. He went to a local cafe and purchased coffee and and magazines. He was was back home. And, and walking back home when Cunanan approached him with a 42 caliber pistol. He then shot the 50-year-old twice in the head. Versace collapsed down. His partner, Antonio D'Amico? Ricky Martin. Is Ricky Martin in the in these miniseries? Antonio D'Amico... Rush, we shouldn't laugh about this. this is all. <laughs> um, rushed outside and actually was, was chasing down Cunanan, who managed to dash by past a near, uh, nearby parking garage where he had clothing stored. So he changed his clothing. By the time um, police attended the scene, they, they couldn't find him. He, he'd managed to escape because he changed clothes. They were, they were asking around. There was this weird thing where they originally thought Gianni Versace's killing was a, like a mafia hit because there was a dead bird. Yes, a dead dove. Yes, yes. next to his body. Turns that bird just got like, yeah, just collateral. like friendly fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, a, like a critical, there was like shrapnel from the bullet hit a bird. Because apparently there's a thing where when they do like a gang hit, they leave a dead bird. Mm. As a, and he was Italian, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, Mega wealthy, you know, all the boxes are being ticked. Yeah, yeah. that poor bird, innocent bystander. <laughs> Where's that bird's miniseries? Exactly. I don't know. Well, it's yeah. time to start, time to get writing. They were initially thrown off from that, so they didn't think that this was this random guy that they had in another part of the country. However, inside this parking garage trailer, they found all the clothing and uh, indications um, which linked them to the murder of the cemetery worker, which then led them to saying that this was actually Cunanan who killed Versace. Why he killed Versace is unknown. It's probably just like oh. a bit of an intimate obsession, you know? Like yeah. some people just become obsessive celebrities and then I don't know when. They could have had some interaction that we don't know about and well, maybe it didn't go as planned and then he's like... Well, there's that preoccupation where he mentioned that he met Versace, yeah. etc. Obviously, there's a escalation with each crime as well. And so. he knew he was there, so there was definitely a conversation that happened at a gay bar talking about that Versace was in the area. Mm. But it, it, again, this is what, what goes against this spree killer idea. He'd done all these things, he'd fled, he was ostensibly in hiding, and he chose to actively mm. go... And kill Versace. Maybe he was aiming for Madonna because she lived around there as well. Oh, but then, yeah. Well, I, I did hear that there was like a celebrity panic. Yeah. At the time, because this is this was like the area where all the celebrities were. So they all went into lockdown. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I didn't really have a theory off the top of my head about why Versace. I think it just said it makes sense in the narrative that he would kill Versace. Well, that was everyone who it was who he wanted to be. Yeah. And I think maybe at this that stage. His world was crumbling down, and that was the, you know, that was the end of that. And so that's why he wanted to kill him. Yeah, like, uh, you know, there's terrible, like, ensemble performances in year 12. Where that's the symbolism, and that, that's the thing. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
we won't know, and, and the reason that we won't know is that eight days after Versace's murder, Hunanan's body was found in uh, the second floor bedroom of a houseboat. I don't think I've noticed that before. That's a big houseboat. Yeah. Um, he, his body was found on the second floor um, bedroom of a houseboat. Um, uh, the thinking was he just found the houseboat that was completely empty. And when the caretaker went to check on the houseboat, he saw that someone was entering and he shot himself in the head. It's more year 12 drama symbolism with him shaving his head and all sorts of... Did he shave his head? Yeah, he did. Ah, okay, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. He was shedding his identity so yeah. he could start a new life in heaven. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they detailed this, again, we don't want to talk about it too much, in the miniseries where he was projecting Versace's funeral on the wall, etc. Did that happen? Well... Highly I don't unlikely. know. Well, but creative <laughs> liberty. My research. I reckon that's like stylistic. Right. I don't know if Versace's funeral was televised. I think whoever is writing it wants the narrative to go either way. Either when he shot himself, his face was destroyed. His beautiful face in these narratives yeah. was destroyed, or um, he remained in his pristine state after he shot himself in the head. It never works out that way, does it? No, I feel like either way, you just look like a dead body. And because Hunanan is dead, um, the questions about motive, the questions about rationale are purely speculative. Um, and we just kind of have to kind of fill in the gaps as best as we can. But if you have any theories or if you've done any like extensive research that we've missed, send us a message. Uh, we can... Uh... I can't imagine we missed Patreon. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, via our Patreon. Jared wants you to cough up money in order to just let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Bartle. You can follow us on Instagram at Sinister underscore Sissies, where you can get in contact with, with Sam. Um, please consider joining our Patreon where you get access uh, to ad-free and early episodes as well as after shows that we do after every episode in this season. And until next time though, stay sinister. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 